Welcome into Jets Nation Radio, episode 7. That's where we're at th- this point. I'm your host, Angus Hout, and to my podcast left, Boxes. Why? Well, because the last one kind of sounded like poop and uh, didn't like how it sounded, so went into a smaller space, added some more stuff, and hopefully it sounds reasonable this time around there, folks. Sorry about last time if you listened just on YouTube. It was slightly different than... The Spotify version, that's because I had to re-record twice because my mic was broken. It was just a whole ordeal last week. I didn't talk about it because I was slightly embarrassed, and now I'm okay with it because we're back to just schedule or recording just one episode. And uh, yeah, so I got my mic fixed, so. Woo! Um, but yeah, uh, let's just jump right into it. We've got lots to talk about this week. I'm going to be talking about the Jets PK. I'm going to talk a little McDavid and that absolute beautiful goal that he scored uh, on, I believe, Friday night against the New York Rangers. Uh, lots of Jets stuff talk to talk about right now. So, uh, my big question of the week, does the NHL really need 32 teams? The reason I'm asking this is there is such a disparity. We have teams that are, you know, the Florida Panthers, still perfect on the season, or as close to as perfect as possible. I, they've got one sh- overtime loss, shootout loss, something like that. So... They've lost one point this entire season, and then you've got teams like the Blackhawks and the Arizona Coyotes, who are terrible. Like, it's not even funny how bad these teams are. I genuinely feel bad for the six Phoenix, or uh, Arizona Coyotes fans out there, because it's like, A, it takes her to get to your stadium, and B, they've only got one win. I think they've got three points in total this season out of ten games, like... That's such a joke. Like, that's that's an AHL team. And that's also making the AHL worse, I would assume. I don't really know. I don't pay t- enough attention to the AHL. I just know about the Manitoba Moose, who are actually doing pretty good. I believe they're 6-3 and three on the season. But overall, it almost wrecks the league because you need to add in an extra 60-ish players to the NHL in order to make that work between 45 and 60 players. So, like... Listen, I think every city should have a hockey team. They deserve that. But I think the NHL needs to move into a, a tier set, uh, tier system that they have with the soccer leagues out in Europe. I don't understand them fully and completely, but my understanding is some teams get to move into the Champions League and then these other teams are like fighting to get up into the Champions League. That's how I think I understand it. So why shouldn't the NHL do the same thing? Uh, like Arizona and... Chicago should be going down into the AHL next season for playing so poorly. And, you know, Buffalo Sabres, they should be working on, working in the AHL this season, trying to get back up into the NHL. Like, that's the way I see it, because at this point, it's, it's not fun to watch bad teams. Yeah, it's awesome to watch the Jets destroy the Chicago Blackhawks 5 to 1 on a Friday night, but to be a fan of a team that that's that is that bad it's rough if you were paying attention to the Oilers uh while the Jets were away and towards the end of the start of the like their decade of darkness and when the Jets returned it was rough hockey that's where I was watching a lot of hockey and it's not fun I'd rather watch some young guys at least you know take on the AHL and it's just not working so the NHL, I think, needs to figure something out because 32 teams is too much for the NHL, especially when they're competing with the KHL and 
I assume probably one other European league. But yeah, simply 32 teams is too much. And we can see that the consequences of that right now with both Arizona and Chicago, which are both in the same division. So that answers my question from last week a little bit more. Is the Central Division that bad or are the Jets actually good? And it's both. At this point, the Jets are a mediocre team that are playing in a really bad division. So why not pick up all the points? I can't blame them. So yeah, NHL, 32 teams, too much. So maybe uh, force those two teams down. And please, no more added cities or get some to re relocate because... Yeah, that, that is where I'm coming out at, at this opinion. So, yeah, if you if you disagree with me, let me know. Uh, you can always hit us up on the YouTube comments and do all that good jazz. And, yeah. <laughs> um, so going to directly to the Jets, I owe an apology to Eric Comrie. Uh, if you read my articles over at JetsNation.ca over the summer, I was highly critical of the guy. I think he had played nine games in the NHL had a below 900 save percentage and now you look at him and oh that guy is good like it's not unbelievable that he's good but through four games he's three and one uh has over a 900 save percentage i'm just quickly looking this up because i gotta do that i can give you accurate accurate stats but i didn't expect eric Comrie to be this good i didn't expect him to have three out of four wins in his first four games i didn't expect him to have four games by mid-November so yeah it's kind of a blessing that we get to know that Comrie is at least competent but yeah I don't know Eric Comrie if you're actually listening to this I'm so sorry for being a dick to you all summer <laughs> uh yeah he's been phenomenal and you can't say too much negative about Eric Comrie at this point like yeah he's left let in some soft goals but he's made some tremendous saves like the other night against the New York Islanders, you watched him make some brutal, brutal plays and then make up for those brutal plays by making some spectacular saves. So, I don't know. It is what it is. Like, you can't be mad at him for, I don't know, getting himself out of the net. But you can't also get mad when he's making these big, big saves. And, yeah, Eric Conry, uh, He's a competent backup. I'll say it. I was wrong. I thought he might get like two wins out of 15 games this season, but not even close. And honestly, I really hope Eric Comrie manages to score or not score, but like win a bunch more games and then score himself a big contract by the end of his contract here. And here, here is that. So in, let me move the mic in his four games. Um, Eric Comrie has allowed in eight goals, has a goals against average of 1.98 and a save percentage of 926. That's just through, through that's just through four games, so you know, we can't be like, ah, oh, he deserves Vesna. But he definitely deserves some praise and love. And people need to relax about Eric Comrie because Well, in four games he's proven himself to be worthy of being the backup to Connor Hellebuck and might even steal a few more games out of uh, Hellebuck. You know, Hellebuck hasn't been looking good. He's an 880 save percentage and three something 
goals against. Sorry, I can't pull it up right now. Otherwise, I'd be rambling on trying to find Connor Hellebuck content. But uh, And it doesn't help that my computer is super-duper slow. So, <laughs> uh, technology sucks, especially when you don't have a ton of cash. But I promise you, we're working towards hustling for new equipment here. I promise. Um, but yeah, Eric... Er, um, Connor Hallebuck hasn't had a great start to the season, but we can also give him a little bit of a break on that. His wife was expecting a child, so that's a lot on a guy. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're getting paid $40 million a year. I know that's impossible in the NHL, but even if you're getting paid $40 million a year, having a child at home or having a child, expecting a child at home, I can assume is incredibly hard. I don't have a child at home, but the idea of, my partner potentially having a child, whoo, that'd be spooky. So yeah, Connor Halbuck, I think I think he gets a little bit of a pass. Uh, he's also allowed some really tough goals to save in, um, and he he should be back uh, after the illness and after he's had his child. Also, I just want to say congratulations, Connor, for having your firstborn. So uh, just looking at um, Halbuck's stats through this season, seven games started. Three wins, two losses, and two overtimes with a goals against average of 3.42 goals and an 899 save percentage. So still sub 900, but uh, not as bad as I originally thought. But still, I think Connor Hellebuck is going to get back into his groove. I would be curious to see what those numbers look like after the first two losses of the season. So uh, right now, Jets are in the middle of the longest homestand that they're going to have this season. Uh, seven games. Uh, they've won two out of three. Lost Saturday night to the New York Rangers, 2-0. Pretty dull game for a Saturday nighter. I I want to like the Islanders. I like Barry Trotz. He's from the Dauphin area. I think he might... No, he's not from Dauphin, but he's from the Dauphin area. So, you know, got to support a local guy. But man, is that a boring, boring team to watch. Especially now that they don't have Jordan Eberle or... I know they lost another big piece out of that team. But without those guys to get them fancy goals, they're a rough team to watch. It makes sense why they're fourth in the Metro division. It's... Yeah, they're winning on defense alone and they're insane goaltenders. I love that. And that's a terrible matchup for the... Jets who are kind of playing a run and gun game and a team that plays strongly defensively is going to show up the the Jets every time. So yeah, it's uh Yeah, I don't know. It, it sucks that they lost, but they had also picked up points in their last eight games prior to Saturday night. So you can't be too upset about it. Two goals against it just sucks they couldn't put one away against the Islanders. So, but yeah, no, Islanders, bad matchup for the Jets, but I think any team that's willing to try to play um, a run and gun game against the Jets, they're going to lose 90% of the time. The only team I could actually see beating the Jets in that style of game, it's the Oilers. Uh, it's unbelievable how good the Oilers are. If you haven't watched the Oilers much this year, and you happen to have a night that you're free and you're not watching the Jets, watch an Oilers game. You know, the fact that they were down 4-1 to one against the Islanders and came back and won it off of that McDavid, or McDavid tied it with that beautiful 4-on-1 goal and puts it away against the goalie. Like, oh, if 
if you haven't seen it yet, you have to watch it. Like as a hockey fan, I strongly recommend it. As an Oilers fan, if you haven't watched it, I don't think you're an Oilers fan at this point. <laughs> uh, I know I talk a lot about the Oilers, but you can't not talk about how incredible McDavid is and the fact that he can just slow down time for himself, reel through everyone, and stop and score. It's incredible. And the fact that he was surprised about it too, he's like, yeah, whatever. And then after the fact, he's like, yeah, I get paid to score goals like that. I don't know. That guy's the best player in the league. I have to at least mention that goal because I believe it's going to be the highlight of the year. But that's enough Oilers talk for right now. Um, so, but if uh, going back to the Jets' homestand, um, the Jets are going to need to, I think they need to have a minimum record of 3-3-1, three, three, which, I mean, they're only one win away from pulling off the three, the three wins. So, Mint. Uh, three losses, I... I doubt they're going to lose three games, especially with Connor Hellebuck back and the fact that he's probably going to be in a better mindset now that he's got his kid at home. Uh, there's probably a lot less worry about that, and I think the Jets are starting getting in, are starting to get into a good rhythm. Yes, they're allowing incredibly dangerous chances on their goaltenders, but their goaltenders tend to thrive on that, which is amazing. So I think from here on out, the Jets are going to be looking pretty good. Uh, and that's a minimum that I want them to go 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. I fully expect them to probably go, what is that, 4-2-1. Uh, and one. So seven games in total. That's two more wins, one overtime loss, and one other regular, regular loss. So, yeah, Jets have four more games at home. Uh, those four games are St. Louis, L.A., the Sharks, and the Oilers. And... The overtime loss is probably going to come across against the Sharks because the Sharks just have the Jets' number for some reason or another. It's ridiculous. The Kings, it's not going to be an easy win, but it's going to be a win. LA, or, uh, sorry, uh, the St. Louis Blues, that's going to be the one to actually pay attention to tomorrow night uh, on Tuesday. The Jets are good. St. Louis is looking pretty good. I'm kind of shocked that St. Louis is at the top of the Saint Central Division and the... Colorado Avalanche are so far back. They're, they're, what is that, fourth? Fourth or fifth in the division? Yeah, they're behind Dallas in the division right now, which is insane. I, I don't get it. And maybe if you've watched a couple of games from uh, Colorado, you can explain it to me, but I have no clue why Colorado is doing as poorly as they're doing. They only have four wins on the season in 10 games, 10 or 11 games. So. That's a surprise to me, honestly. I expected the Blues and the Avalanche to be switching spots, but yeah, that's hockey for you. You can't win them all. And I think there's probably just pressure down in Colorado on McKinnon because of his comments about last summer that, the, you know, the fact that he doesn't want his teammates eating sugar or eating poorly. So. That's probably a lot of pressure on him, and that that's probably my excuse for the Colorado Avalanche. I haven't paid much attention to them. I don't feel a reason to follow them too much. I've got other teams that I want to follow. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, Jets, I figure they could probably go on their next four games, which are all at home, 2-1-1, one, and one, with the loss coming to the Oilers, overtime loss to the Sharks, 
It's going to be an interesting game against St. Louis, but I think the boys can pull off a win. Even if it's an overtime, a W is a W. Two points. Let's go. And that could put the Jets back up into first in the division. They've got some separation being in third in the Central Division. Uh, the Stars are fourth. They're four points back of the Jets. Jets are in like a nice, comfortable spot, but they could get some separation there. So, yeah. Important homestand. It's ha uh, just about halfway done, and I think the Jets can pull this off and set themselves up and be in a playoff position for American Thanksgiving, which I know that's kind of like the the standard of if you're in the playoffs come American Thanksgiving, odds are you're going to make the playoffs in the end. Usually there's one or two teams that switch, and that's about it. Uh, you know, you remember the St. Louis Blues when they won the Cup. They were last in the league starting in January and turned it around and well, they're cup winners. So yeah, there's going to be one or two teams that fall out of favor and other teams that fall into favor, but I don't see the jets falling out unless substantial injuries happen. But uh, just the way everyone's playing, everyone's just rolling. I'm loving it. And there's been people that are making no uh, little noise, but uh, being in the top five of scoring, you know who I'm talking about. KFC, Kyle Connor. Top five in uh, uh, top five point getter in the NHL at uh, 16 points, and uh, he's tied with Connor McDavid in goals. I, I didn't write down how many goals they have, and again, should have been better, should have been more prepared. Uh, there's a lot of preparing for this uh, very short podcast, but either way, Kyle Connor top five in point getting here in the NHL and tied with Connor McDavid for third in goals why isn't no one why isn't anyone else talking about kyle connor you know tsn doesn't talk about kyle connor enough the other sports gurus don't talk about how good kyle connor is and if you're looking for some like awesome bets nine times out of ten kyle connor is gonna pull through for you and bring you a couple extra bucks home so if you're a gambler like i am uh a read my gambling blogs at jetsnation.ca and also yeah, just just take a chance on Kyle Connor. If you're a child, don't gamble. That's bad until you're an adult for some reason. I don't I don't know why, but that's what the government tells us. So yeah, uh, Kyle Connor, top five in scoring. I love it, but uh, I gotta bring up one negative about the Jets right now. It's their penalty kill. My lord, is that ever brutal to watch? Brutal to see stats wise. The Jets right now. They're second last in the NHL in the uh, penalty kill. Uh, they have killed 65.7% of penalty kills. <sighs> the fact that one out of three penalties is going to result in a goal against, that's got to change. I don't know. I don't know if it's Coach Lari that's in charge of that or if it's Maurice, but whoever's running that needs to figure it out. Or they need to get somebody new in place. I know that uh, True North doesn't like to spend a lot of extra money unless they absolutely have to. And I don't blame them. They're a business. They're actually one of the wealthiest businesses within the NHL. That one kind of throws me off as a stat. But that's just my thing. Sorry, i got to move the camera just so I can make sure we're recording still on my mic. We are. Sweet. Um. So, yeah, I, they need to figure this out. They need to understand that... 
the penalty kill is so vital. And I mean, they're NHL coaches. They understand it. They don't need some pleb just ranting and raving about it. But 65.7%, come on. Like, if I could be running... Like, okay, lesson. Hyperbole, I could be running a better penalty kill than these goons. And they're getting paid millions for it. I know I probably couldn't actually run a better power play, but... Or penalty kill, sorry, but... It's just frustrating to watch, and it's like every time, and like, great, this is it, this is the end. So, and like, the real embarrassment is the Arizona Coyotes have a better penalty kill than the Jets by 0.1%, but still, Arizona is technically better at the penalty kill than the Jets, and I've already ripped on Arizona, so come on, Paul Maurice, figure this one out, or Coach Larry, I don't know. Uh, if I remember what his name was, I would definitely be saying it, but I can't remember. Dave? I think it's Dave Laurie. It is Dave. I'm so sorry that I messed that up. I'm a rookie, apparently. Um, yeah, I don't have a partner to just remind me about names. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Uh, that's that's the one thing I'm, I'm going to just rant and rave about. Jets, figure out the penalty kill. We don't need to be this bad. And, uh, yeah. And moving on to the next three games. Sorry, I will say here's my actual prediction. I know on Instagram, Jets Nation's page asked, what are, what's the record of the next three games for the Jets? I said 3-0, and baby, because I want to be positive. I genuinely think that they could go 3-0. and So I'm going to go 3-0. and Jets win the next... That's a lie, because I already said that the Sharks are going to pull off a overtime loss. So 2-0-1. Oh, Jets get a possible 5 out of 6 points. So there it is. There's the honest answer. If you want to bet like me on the money line, Jets, Sharks overtime, and Jets once again over LA. So there you go. You got my bold predictions for the week. Probably going to be wrong, because I've been wrong the last three nights on my gambling, which sucks. So, yeah, um, well, we're getting close to the end, and I'm just going to call out my hot and cold performers of the week. My cold performer of the week, Daryl Sutter, the Calgary Flames head coach, and Ca uh, Calgary Flames fans as a whole. Um, they think that Matthew Kachuk's between-the-legs goal, while being up, like, 3 nothing, is better than McDavid's cutting through four people in one play goal when they just need to tie the game with three minutes left. Um, Daryl Sittler is like, oh, that's a one-on-one uh, one -on -one play, not a four-on-one -on play. Daryl Sittler, you're too old for the NHL, apparently. And Calgary fans acting like Matthew Kachuk is a golden god. You guys need to calm down. You guys have one of the biggest rats in the entire NHL. And, yeah, you need to, like, stop acting like Matthew Kachuk's poop doesn't stink sorry i want to cuss but i've been told not to so yeah maddie kachuk you're a joke calgary flames head coach daryl sitter sutter you're a joke because you don't understand how great mcdavid is and yeah that, that's all i gotta say um and my hot performer because i've been ripping because i bullied him all summer long uh it goes to eric Comrie. you are a stud i was wrong you were you are NHL material, and I'm sorry that you're obviously not making enough money to 
justifying your incredible stats of 1.9 yeah 1.98 goals against a game and the point and the uh, 926 save percentage it's uh yeah you're you're a hot hot guy right now there Eric Comrie keep rolling and I hope that uh, you secure the bag when uh, your contract comes to an end so yeah that's it uh, if you ever have comments, questions, anything like that, feel free to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. Angus Howder is my handle. Uh, or you can always just shoot a uh, DM to the Jets Nation DMs. I run that, so yeah, you can find out. Uh, you can shoot me questions. If you got a comment uh, or you want to leave a review on about the podcast, you can do that wherever you get your podcasts from. I will read those reviews out loud if you think that I'm the biggest joke in the world great if you want to leave me a five-star review because you think dang this isn't a half bad podcast that's recorded out of a closet then give me five stars uh yeah and i will read your your reviews online uh yeah have yourself a great week there folks and go jets go peace